This podcast is brought to you by Sales Fuel Hire, a platform to help companies hire smarter and flag 13 toxic employee types. Measure job fit, sales tendencies and motivators, decision-making abilities and empathy levels and make your next hire your best hire. Try it now on salesfuel.com slash hire and use promo code MANAGESMARTER for $50 off your first purchase. Welcome to the Manage Smarter Podcast with hosts C. Lee Smith and Audrey Strong. We're glad you're here for discussions on new ways to manage smarter, hire, develop, and retain talent, improve results, and propel team performance to new heights. This is the Manage Smarter Podcast. You know, Lee, the topic today, delegation. So I, you know, I'm a type A. I have a really hard time letting control go because i'm Mm -hmm. like by the time i explain this to the person i'm delegating to i could have just done it myself is that (laughs) what's what a lot of people say well Um, and then likewise i've experienced the other end of the spectrum where i've I've encountered people then that want to delegate everything and do none of the work themselves so it's like they're always looking for for someone else to pawn their work off on so it's like serial delegators serial delegators so ideally we want to be someplace in the middle so hopefully our guest today will be able to help us with that. And everybody wrestles with this. So welcome to Manage Smarter, everyone. We are so glad that you're here. I'm Audrey Strong. I'm the Vice President of Communications here at Sales Fuel. And I'm C. Lee Smith, the President and CEO of Sales Fuel. Oh my gosh, to our rescue, Emily Morgan <laughs> at our microphones today. She's an entrepreneur with an innate heart for helping others. As a leader of Delegate Solutions, she and her team help business owners and entrepreneurs find more freedom. Yes, that sounds good and elevate their time using proven delegation strategies. She's been featured in Forbes as a top 50 remote employer, written for the Huffington Post, HuffPost. And she's been highlighted in the New York Times. So Emily, wow, uh, I can't wait to get some tips from you. Welcome to the show and thank you for coming. Yeah, we're talking my favorite topic. So I'm glad <laughs> <you're here. laughs> this is her jam. All right, so there are, you said, five bottleneck behaviors of entrepreneurs. What are they? What are we doing wrong? Well, it's not that we're doing anything wrong. It's just that we have these tendencies to certain types of behaviors that jam us up and jam our teams up. Um, And we all exhibit one, all of these at any given time of the day. But I think the key is understanding what they are, maybe why they start and what you can do to get out of your own way sometimes. Yeah. So So, what's number one? Yeah. (laughs) Number one, we got sound effects this week. That's nice. (laughs) (laughs) The hero. Um, So number one is the hero and the hero always loves to save the day. So especially entrepreneurs, you know, our teams have been conditioned to run everything through us a lot of the times Um, and it develops over time. But sometimes what can happen if we're not careful is we can start to attribute our own worth to how busy we are, how many fires we're putting out how many problems we solved today. Um, And a lot of the times, like we get energy from that and having an awareness that like, hey, this is, this might feel good in the moment, but it's not a good process for my team to have to constantly run everything through me. Um, And a lot of the times it starts because there's no practice, there's no process in your business and your team doesn't have the autonomy to make decisions without you. So that's type one. Most of us exhibit that at various stages of the day. I would say I'm, I'm probably guilty of that. Um, what are some of the other ones of the five? 
Yeah. The second one is the interventionist. So this is like mm. the classic micromanager. Mm. They, they tend to lack trust that anyone can do it as good mm. as you can. And we're always looking at, um, how do we can stay in the loop at all times and everything has been set up to require our own permission so we're like the quality control officer and so that can really slow down our teams also um, the third type we call the isolationist so this is the people that say i'll just do it myself which audrey you were just busted <laughs> 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 And it really becomes hard to delegate because you're doing it all yourself. And like, you don't even have time to have conversations with your team because you're too busy doing all the work and the team doesn't have time to connect with you. And it just creates this vicious cycle. They never develop. They never grow to be able to do things on their own. And so now you're trapped into that cycle. Yep. Yep. The classic micromanager. And then number four is where I always get stuck, and it's the time optimist. Um, <laughs> <laughs> this sounds familiar, right, Audrey? <laughs> yeah, that's, that's late. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> We're like overly optimistic by nature, and um, we can sometimes really lack restraint when it comes to executing on our best ideas. And she's laughing. Oh, that's enough, Audrey. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. It's really unrealistic. So like you were mentioning earlier, it's like, I'll just, I can do it faster. Well, there's a sailing to our time. And so if we're Mm -hmm. not aware of that, we can live in that space and we're really just busy all the time, but we're not really making our biggest contribution. Um, And what's interesting about this one and the next one, which is the dreamer, is that we live in um, ideation mode. So we're constantly thinking about great ideas and we want to share them with our teams. But what happens is our teams live in execution. And so they hear this and it creates this angst. Anxiety, yeah. (laughs) Like, now I have to go do this thing while I was just finishing this thing. Um, So this is classic entrepreneur behavior. And the dreamer, the last one, really doesn't like to think through the execution. um, Mm. And it creates issue when you try to hand it off to your team. So, so let me go back to, n- to number four. Yeah. Uh, you know, so uh, there's how do you let them know that when you, you know, you're just brainstorming you're, or you're just like, I've got an idea. It's like, you know, and I want to get, get feedback on it like that. So when it's presented that way, sometimes it's heard as, oh, God, it's like, how are we <laughs> going to do this on top of everything else we're already doing? So how can you then still brainstorm without having them feel like, okay, this is another, another log on the fire? Yeah, I think you have to meet in the middle, right? So you have to begin by saying, I have an idea <laughs> and the, give the team, you know, doesn't mean we're doing anything with it, but I want to get it out. I want to share it and see how you, what you think about it. Um, and then if we decide it's a really important idea and we want to prioritize it, then let's start to put a plan together. But like, give them the space to just hear you out. But you know, not—they're already focused on execution. Like, you're there. That's all they can think about when you're starting to share your idea. So, just give them some space, <laughs> and and give yourself a parking lot to store those great ideas. <laughs> that's true. So this, your system frees up more time. And what are some of the? Or if you get really good at this, what are some case studies or? What have people found that they're freed up to do more of? Um, yeah, even if that means keeping a closer eye on your PL, maybe, you know, something even like that. 
It's really interesting because I'm in the middle of writing a book called The Cult- a Culture of Delegation, and it's all about how we can cascade it through our companies um, and have everybody sort of elevating and doing work that they love and that they're great at, and it becomes this retention strategy. Um, but it can, you know, it can be really easy to um, just fill the time with more work that you don't really enjoy or that you're not good at, but it brings you energy because you're solving a problem or people are coming to you. So it's really, really important to understand what you want to spend your time on for delegation to work well. And that's like the number one thing that I've uncovered in all of the work that I've done in delegation is like, if we don't have a clear picture of what we really want to do instead, then it just, the time just gets refilled. Anything we delegate we fill with more and more stuff that doesn't bring us energy. So could you boil it down to like a step-by-step? It's like, you know, how do you envision you know, people that delegate well, what do they have in common and, and, and what steps do they follow to be able to do that? Yeah. So I built a delegation system because it gives us something to cling to as we're trying, you know, we're in the chaos of I'm so busy. It's a process that you can work through over and over again to figure out, um, how to move things off your plate. So step one is focus. So like we're just talking about getting really clear on what do you want to spend your time on and reflecting on that. It's like sacred time to really think through that piece. Um, And then step two, we call evaluate. Um, And our system is called the delegate freedom system. So step one is focus. Step two is evaluate. Look back over your calendar. How have you spent your time? What are the things that you're doing that bring you energy versus deplete you? Um, and just you're like a researcher in that step. Um, and your team can do that work for you. We have clients that um, will like analyze their calendar and they want 300 hours over the next couple months with their kids and we'll track that time and analyze it, make sure they're hitting those goals. Um, step three is prioritize. This is where we build out a strategy around what it is we're going to be handing off to others. And we typically like to tie that to our goals and priorities. Um, step four, hand off, make sure that who you're giving it to knows what they're doing with it, <laughs> knows how you're going to get in touch with them, knows what the success criteria are for the project to be done. And then step five is feedback. Have a really healthy feedback loop where they can talk to you and give you feedback and vice versa. And just keep following that circle round and round to clear your plate. Audrey mentioned a P&L system earlier, you know, and and it's like, I kind of view this as more of like a budget because Mm -hmm. you can add more revenue, you know, Mm -hmm. to the one side of of the P&L, but but you can't add more time. We all are are given the same amount of time in in a day. So, you know, it's like, uh, you think that's a good analogy? Is that a good way to think about it? We can add more time in a day. No, yeah. that we can't add more time in a day. I was like, we only have so much. It's really it's more like a budget, more, more than a PL statement. Right. I mean, you have a ceiling. We all have so much time in the day. And the most effective leaders figure out what it is that they are great at and find ways to get the other things off their plate and have a commitment to that. Because it's not just about understanding it. It's about solving it. And you say, similar to what, what Lee just said, Emily, you say delegation is really an energy management system. That's the way you think about it. Right. It's all about understanding that energy is what we have to contribute to our companies and protecting that fiercely and using delegation as a tool to create space for you to increase the energy doing more things you love. And why why is this so hard for us? Why is this something we all wrestle with, all of us, in one, one of the five categories? We're all 
Um, I think it's um, it's a structure of the workplace, society structure of the workplace. So, you know, bosses making sure you're busy all day or that you're sitting at a desk from nine to five. <laughs> it's a generational thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and then with entrepreneurs, it's it's about being able to attribute our own worth to the contribution that we're making and not how busy we are. And that is a mindset shift that's really hard. And I think that's where a lot of people get stuck is like, well, if I'm not doing all of the stuff, then what am I doing? Well, you're visioning, you're out having big, important meetings, you're out taking a walk and letting thoughts come into your brain. You know, you're giving yourself space and valuing that. Has it gotten harder or easier to delegate now that we're more of us are working remote? It's interesting. I mean, my company's been remote for 14 years, so we were ready to go when this happened. Um, I think it has created a lot of simplicity to our lives, um, but through a lot of complexity. So I think probably pre-pandemic, people were delegating probably less is what I would imagine. And we've really streamlined our lives, at least I have, going through this. And it's like, these are my boundaries. And what doesn't fit in those boundaries, I'm either not doing or I'm delegating. That'll be my guess. What if you're a, a CEO of a company that is lean and mean and small versus a larger company, and you have to execute part of your day? It's just the team is too small. What's your advice for leaders in that situation? I think fractional resources are amazing. So relying on those. So like our business is fractional admin. We work with clients one to two hours a day um, to do their admin work. So I think thinking about it differently and not having to increase your headcount to get stuff done, but using different types of resources. And then being able to manage those, which is something Audrey is fantastic at, being able to, to, to manage contractors and stuff is, uh, is really important. And of course, then if you delegate to them, you know there's a price tag attached to it and you're more aware of that. But mm-hmm. some leaders are not quite as aware that there's a price tag a- attached, you know, w- you know, internally because there is. <laughs> and there's a price tag to your time as yeah. a leader. And I mean, when you do that math, <laughs> you're like, you know, hundreds of dollars an hour of your time compared to twenty to sixty dollars of somebody else's time. So, so you're reading the book now. It comes out what next spring? Is that spring? When yeah, it comes out. But you have an e-workbook on your website. Um, so that's at uh, info.delegatesolutions.com slash resources elevation freedom guide. So what's in the workbook? Tell us. Yeah. So this is a self-study. Um, we have a live in-person e-course and then we have a self-study uh, free ebook. But it basically talks through all, all of our delegation philosophies. And it's a lot of introspective, reflective work. So it's a lot of work through your own emotions and feelings about delegation and maybe why these things have come up for you. Um, We talk through affirmations so that you're feeling really positive around making this shift in your life. We do the math equation, um, Lee, that we were talking about where it's like, what is your time really worth? Um, So it's filled with lots of exercises and lots of just um, thoughts around uh, different types of thoughts around delegation that I don't think a lot of people are talking about. What traits or mindsets do people who are good delegators, what do they have in common? Um, They are committed. 
I think. So they understand that it's not always going to be perfect. It's not always going to be as good as maybe you were able to do it, but you're getting comfortable with the 80%. Um, they are open to feedback and being willing and committed to give feedback in return. They delegate with intention. So from an admin standpoint, our experience is tell us the end result. What does success look like for this thing to be done? Let us get there, right? And so as long as you can flesh out what the success criteria are around a project or whatever, um, who's doing what by when, these things have to be true when this is done. You'll have great results that way too. And it doesn't necessarily mean it's like first you do A, then you do B, then you do C, because it's like you hire people you know, to, to, who are better at you in, in some way, let them figure out how to get it done. You necessarily, you just set the end result, set, set the vision for what the success looks like and tell them when it needs to be done by, how much money can be spent and let them do the rest. Is that, is that fair? Yeah, I think there's people in this world that love to do the work that you hate to do. And that's a fact. <laughs> Whatever. That's, a great that's why we slogan. have accountants and lawyers. Yeah. That's why we- <laughs> and, you know, maybe they're going to do it differently than you, but maybe it's better than how you would do it. Um, so we always like when you're delegating, you always want to start really small to build some confidence. So like, you know, schedule my hair appointment, book my car, like really easy things and just lay a good foundation. <laughs> He's cringing. <laughs> I've never asked anybody to do that. <laughs> well, with entrepreneurs in particular, like personal is part of the bag of what comes off our plate. Um, but you can really just kind of start really small um, and then build from there as you go. Yeah. And I found that lately, my team is amazing. I just, it, it, we, we stop ourselves. We force ourselves to put down our execution plates when something new comes in, when Lee is putting 20 pounds of execution in a 10 pound bag, which is what I tell him <laughs> he's doing. Uh, but it's, I, I can say that if you take 10 minutes to just talk and say, this is what it is, this is what I need it by, this is whatever, it has been a dream because they just go off and it comes back and it's done. And it's done amazingly and, well. And then Audrey and, says, and is I'm this- so relieved and happy because then I don't, I know it's done. You know. And then, then Audrey says, is this more important than this task over here that, that, we're, that, that you want us to work on? Or is it more important than that task it, there? It's like, where does it fit on the priority? We triage things? all the time. Yeah. 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 Um, I released a scorecard. It's coming in the book, but it's pre-released <gasps> on the website Ooh. called the Elevation Success Scorecard. Okay. And it's five habits and mindsets of elevated leaders. And so you can score yourself and you can sort of identify where you're having issues and we have the same for the bottlenecks. We have a diagnostic where you can figure out which bottleneck type you're exhibiting and, and get some solutions for them. Maybe a good idea to do a 360 on that as well and ask some, some of your direct reports to also score you because uh, I know some leaders don't necessarily have the best self-awareness and they might think that they're doing a great job in a particular area, but maybe not. Yeah. There's a great um, test, personality, not personality, but it's like cognitive and cognitive abilities and it's called Colby. K-O-L-B-E, and it gives you like a four-digit code. We use this with all our clients and it helps us understand, are you someone that likes a lot of detail or a little? Do you have strong follow-through or horrible follow-through? Are you someone that actions things really quickly or it takes you a while? Um, and so it gives you this code and it can be a really great like 
understanding of yourself to take a, something like that and be able to apply that to the people that you work with. Well, when you talk assessments, you're speaking my language. I mean, it's one of the big things we do here at Sales Fuel with our, our Coach Feed product and also with hiring and, and grooming people for promotions and things. It's like, uh, you know, we have a battery of assessments. So it's like, you know, uh, I love it when we're geeking out over that kind of stuff. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's delegatesolutions.com. Your Twitter is Delegate Inc., right? And you're also Delegate Solutions on LinkedIn and Facebook. And again, the book comes out in the spring called a culture of delegation. Emily, this has been great. Thanks for the tips. And if you know, you want to plug into her classes and, you know, get the, obviously you should pre-buy the book once it's up for pre-sale, <laughs> uh, get a hold of her. And uh, I can't thank you enough. This has been very informative. Thank you. Yeah. We'll have all the resources that we talked about today on our site at delegatesolutions.com slash smarter. And you can grab all the links to all the different docs that I shared. Perfect. Thanks, Emily. Pleasure meeting you. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed the show, please rate and recommend on iTunes, Overcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. You can also get more great information at salesfuel.com. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.